1: Don thank you for showing up and talking to with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Really
2: appreciate it.
1: Well, it's it's uh I appreciate it and uh just so the the audience has an idea of our relationship is I've known you 57 years, hard to believe. But Don Camarada is a, a a well-known name in Connecticut and probably the tri-state Tri-state area. But I have to tell you when I was 15 years old playing football at the end of our football practice I wandered down to Centerville, Connecticut in New in Haven rather had a soda and oh, I find this new clothing store I walked in and there's at the time Don you were in your early 20s but to us you were old older I should say right you were older people Yes but here's what you was- inspired through Don Camarata we, as young people, learned so much. He trusted us to give us clothes and give us uh, credit. And he pounded into his professionalism, looking good, and uh, all, all these years later. So I, it's my privilege to have you on, Don, because you, you really impressed many of us, especially uh, us uh, people who went into business. So thanks for that again.
2: Well, I, I, uh, I appreciate everything you've said. And uh, it's funny, uh, you said that, um, you know, it's funny, the tie back then, the tie was so, I recognized the importance of a tie. And uh, when I was, I was like, when I started in the business, I was 19 years old, working as a stock boy, worked my way up. And uh, by the time, went into the service for six months, came back, was going to school, and basically, I said, you know, I don't want to do this the rest of my my life just to be a, a salesman on the floor. And I said, I'm going to open my own store. And I was 23 years old at the time. I remember coming home uh, and saying to my father who was with his buddies. And I said, Dad, I'm going to open my own store. I'm going to go into the clothing business. The clothing business, he said, you didn't finish school. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. I said, I'm going to do it. And one of his buddies said, you know, I think the kid's got it. It's funny how things happen. <clears throat> the next day, I go to work where I was working at, Harmac, a men's clothing store at the Hamden Mart. And uh, there was an argument with the fellow uh, who had a shoe concession. And he had an argument with the uh, the owner. And he pulled his shoe concession out of the store. And I said to him, he left. And I know where I got the courage you know at that age i got the courage to call him and i said henry um i'm thinking of opening my own store you think you would get can give me shoes on consignment and back then i had no money we had not really very uh uh middle class lower middle class family as far as finances go and he said yeah he says, i want to meet your, you and your mother and father which he he did and uh, I found a location in Centerville going by in my car. And I said, my heart started beating. The, and I said, you know, this, this is for me. This is the store. And it was in the, right in the heart of Centerville, across from the Hampton Town Hall. And uh, I had a location. I got Henry to put shoe, uh, shoes in the store. And uh, I had the pressure. My mother and father, we, did, have, we had, did not have a lot of assets. The only asset we had they had as a family was the home a two family home and uh they went to the bank and I got a uh they got a loan which I was responsible to pay back and boy was that pressure back at that age that I had a obligation that I could not I was scared I want my parents to lose their their home or anything like that and uh we got the loan, and I started with uh, with nickels and dimes. I mean, it was, I went and I uh, met uh, John Alexander, which was a manufacturing company in New Haven on Hamilton Street, and uh, I got them to give me some clothing as I picked out. And uh, by the way, I my goals were always to be different. I knew I could not compete with the at that time the big stores. And I said, the only way I can survive is to be different. And uh, I had, a, a guess, a flair, a knack for, knack for buying and looking for unusual things. And again, having limited capital, I had to sell, as I put it, uh, make a uh, intangible, become tangible. And that, that was, was doing that through made to order which it's funny, I'm doing that today, 58 years, almost 60 years later, I'm still uh, doing that made to order uh, business. Um, But anyways, I started. And uh, I worked seven days a week, whatever it was, I couldn't go home without making a sale. I don't know if people felt sorry for me or whatever. But I had a unique style, a unique flair, it was a 1000 square foot store, uh, and back then, see, you got inventory on uh, on credit, and the banks were not involved. So you would go to a supplier, and I remember going to New York City for the first time and looking at the tall buildings and all and working my way through and meeting with different, uh, again, suppliers, picking out merchandise. And uh, I started to fill the store with a lot of inventory. And uh, Tom mentioned that uh, the, the young fellows back then would come in the shop, and I would give them credit. And I gave them credit because back then I got credit from the suppliers, and I passed the credit, the uh, the deal that I made were, was making. I gave that uh, uh, credit to the clients, and uh, I carried an awful lot of uh, money on accounts receivable. But again, I was always learning the hard way. I was a young fellow who was always hungry for knowledge, hungry to be different, learning from others, um, recognizing that there was so much that I didn't know. And uh, again, as I always said, you know, I learned the hard way uh, uh, about life business, myself and others. Um,
1: yeah. And, and let me interject one of the things that people will always say about you. As a matter of fact, I was with a gentleman who's uh, well known in the in New Haven area, a very good attorney. And he said to me at lunch Don Camerata is the best salesman I've ever met because he made things happen. Uh, and you did that so well, Don. You, you painted the picture when we'd come in and get clothing, how we looked. We felt so great coming. Out. You know, you made something very tangible for us. And uh, that was part of the whole thing is let's go see Don. He made us look good. I mean, you really, you really stepped us up quite a bit. And I think, A, you were a tremendous salesman in a very positive light. But I noticed over the years, because after I was a young man moving forward and in business myself, your name would pop up all the time. But what I realized was happening is that you were learning how to be a good businessman very quickly because there wasn't a project going on that, that people didn't want Don Camarada on it, uh, besides your leadership ability. Oh,
2: gee, thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, it's a... Um... Again, as I always like to say, you know, youth has no uh, no fear. and uh, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. there's no question about that. But I learned through the making the mistakes, as I said, you know, it became really somewhat a self-made uh, man. I mean, what got me really going in the business was men would come into the store with their wives or girlfriends, whatever to buy a suit. And the boss was always looking over your shoulder to make sure at that time you had a walk. You didn't want the customer to walk out of the store without buying anything. And then I came up with the idea back then. I said, geez, if a guy's buying a suit with a t-shirt on or a sweatshirt, whatever, I got to put a, uh, you can't really tell. So I came up with the idea of um, pinning a shirt and their boss would look at me. I would have pinned the shirt grab a tie that was that I knew would work for him, and I would tie the tie on the client. And by tying the tie on the climate, client, I would take the jacket, put the jacket on him, and the customer would say, geez, I like that. I'll take it. See, again, the pretty picture. The, I made, but again, back then, maybe without even realizing it, I made men look good. And my whole thing was making people look good, finding a look that would work for them. And I think I go back to my early days as a young fellow, as I always liked the movies and I was always attracted by uh, different movie stars. Uh, Alan Ladd, Gary Cooper, Rex Harrison, these are names out of the past, but they all had a style. And I copied a lot of that style and I applied it to the client, to customers. And I made guys look good. Plus I was buying unique clothing that I thought worked for them. was, And uh, that started to build reputation. By the way, how I came up with the name Decam Limited at that time, uh, my name being Don Camerata, I had to come up with a a name of the store when I opened it. And uh, I was throwing names out one day with a bunch of the people that I worked with. I said, I think I'll call the store Don Eld. I'll call it Cam. No, I said, I'm going to call it Decam. Decam. And an old-timer said to me, why don't you add limited to it? I said, you know something? You're right. Decam Limited. And -hmm. that's how I came up with the name. Crazy Mm -hmm. as it might be, but the name uh, had a ring to it. Uh, It was different. And uh, again, meeting a a fellow from the industry one day, he says to me, don't depend on manufacturer's labels, because the manufacturer We'll sell every store up and down the, the street. Find, build your own name. And that that struck me. And uh, I put all the emphasis I had on DeCam Limited. Now, my advertising back then, again, being unique, uh, I did things that I know others did not do. And um, I always had, as time went on, I always had a, a PR man uh, around me. I believed in the public relations uh, and the advertising Le- learned back then that public relations, uh, there was no charge. You had to pay for advertising, but PR was, was uh, no charge. And that's why I got also got involved with a lot of outside activities. I needed to meet people, expose my business, myself, my philosophy, uh, Whatever, and I started to attract. I attracted people and built sales. The big thing was I had to sell. I had to sell to because of cash flow. Having no money when I started, I needed money to pay my my bills, pay my obligations, and pay back that loan that I had that my mother and father uh, went on the hook for uh, of my responsibility. And I felt that pressure. Day in and day out, I had to produce. I had to sell, you know, and yet, uh,
1: yes yeah, I yeah. Why? Well, well, the thing I was jumping in is that you were very unique because at the time there was no other store that you could go in. You mentioned Horowitz at the time; that was a big clothing store in Hamden back in the '60s and '50s and '60s. But you could not go to a uh, maybe J. Press might have been the only other place. That you would go in a store and get the personal attention, taking the shirt, putting it against it, trying on the jackets, doing all those things that made you feel good and and made the outcome so the outcome was great, right? Plus your yes, no question, brother, it was really great. Um, But I do have a question about the importance of pers of professional dress because as you know we've seen a change has been dressed down let's let's talk about the importance of that because I know Don that you talk to a lot of employers and they don't really have a way of communicating to their employees how really to dress that really to them represents our company so let's talk about professional dress where it is today what do you think?
2: Yeah I think well where we are today it's uh no question, everything has changed, but, you know, uh, the shirt and the tie and the jacket, you, wherever you go and you're dressed, you, uh, get respect. You go into a restaurant, you go here, you go there, whatever people look at you a little differently. Young people today are missing out on that. They, they don't realize they're telling you're telling somebody what you think of yourself, the way you dress. And they're, they're they're missing that point. Hopefully, uh, you know things will return. Uh, and I, I mean, I've seen the fifties, uh, the sixties, the seventies, all the way up. I've seen the different styles come and go. Right now, the style is, I guess, I'd have to say, sloppiness. A lot of the the men, especially, are sloppy, and uh, they don't realize that uh, you don't have to spend. A lot of money to be well dressed. The difference is taste. If you're going to a store, find a salesperson or someone that takes that takes to you, that shows you, helps you, takes you along the way, rather than just buying on impulse. A lot of men and women they buy on impulse. They put what they they buy in the closet, they put it in the back, and they wear it once or twice, and that's it. I I believe in investment clothing. I believe in the fact that uh, every man should have a basic blue blazer and st- in their wardrobe, uh, a pair of gray slacks, you know, just a simple white shirt and a nice tie. I mean, you could go anywhere in the world and break bread with a blue blazer on, gray slacks, white shirt, nice tie, whatever. Even if you got to put a sports shirt on, you know, we talk about dress down. You could take that that whole outfit and just dress it down put a pair of khakis on or jeans with a sport shirt and you throw a blue blazer on. You look, you look
1: nice. You look classy. There's a, there's another part of that too. I, I believe, and correct me if I'm, if you feel I'm wrong, but I feel you're more productive when you feel and look professional. Uh, look at not every profession needs to be dressed up like you and I are right now, but I'll tell you, if you're working with the public uh, you know, for an example, Don, you got someone working with the public, the same kind of job, and they're seeing clients. Who would you give the advantage to the person dressed with a, I don't know, a simple sport coat and a tie versus the person that walks in with a shirt and khakis on? I know, well, you know put my money. I put my money. I, yeah. What do you think?
2: <laughs> well, as I said, you know, it's uh, you're telling somebody what you think of yourself the way you dress. I mean, I got a couple, I got, I could tell you story after story, but I had a couple that, that st- that made sense to me or st- uh, stayed with me. I had a fellow tell me that he started out working for a, uh, a firm and uh, he dressed, he was, took pride in himself. He dressed up every day and a lot of the guys in the office or whatever did not pay attention to the uh, details that he did. One day, the boss comes in the Comes in, and he had to take wanted to go to lunch with an important client, and he said uh, he wanted to take one of his associates with him. And he took the fella that looked nice, with the new, with, that was dressed well. He took him out to lunch, and the fellow never forgot that, and he rose through the ranks because the the boss or whatever took a liking to him, uh, the way he took care of himself. He represented the boss he represented the company the way the company wanted to be recognized another situation was a uh, an accountant he was calling on a manufacturing co- uh company and he went into the manufacturing company to meet the the owner whatever and uh he was dressed what he said he dressed the way they dressed in the factory and the the uh owner said to him why didn't you wear a shirt and tie? He says, well, I didn't want to feel out of place. He says, I hired you or brought you into the picture because you were different, because you looked like a professional. You look like you were one of the workers here. So again, that was a, a case of uh, looking, the, <clears throat> looking the part, paying attention, be a good listener, look the part, look at the way your people around you were dressed. Again, you don't want to overkill the situation, but again,
1: take the pride in yourself. You know, if you come back to uh, an employer, they put a lot of money in employment and good people. And uh, we have had discussions about employers trying to communicate to their employees how they really want the dress code to look. And you've had many conversations about that. Yes. Yes. Are they losing the battle? Sorry, Don. Are they losing the battle on dress code or what? Well, they're losing the battle
2: somewhat. <laughs> See, a lot of times they I would get called into different situations over the years that uh, I would do a dress for success. Uh, explaining the way pants should fit. Explaining the way a jacket should fit. Explaining the fact why you should wear your show a little white of, of the cuff with your jacket. You know, the worst thing a man can do, and you see a lot of it, they wear the sleeve length on their jackets too long. And by doing so, yeah. it, it, it come across very sloppy. A simple thing like that. Uh, <clears throat> men typically lose uh, lose the weight, lose their weight, and it goes to the front. They lose their butt. And the weight goes to the front, so they get a gut. And what happens, the pants fall, the gut comes over the pant, and everything is sloppy. You know, the jeans had such an impact in the menswear and ladies' wear industry. Every place you go, wherever you go, you see guys, you know, wearing jeans. And they like the jean because the jean has what they call a short rise. You can wear them low. And they're fitted and they're tailored, and the guy feels comfortable in them. But you could get that same kind of fit uh, relating to a uh, suit jacket or a pair of slacks, whatever. Um, but again, it's it's finding the right uh, individuals to to tailor it and to fit you fit you in the proper proper way. But uh, clothing today, it's I've been trying to professionalize really an unprofessional industry. And uh, as I said earlier, it doesn't take a lot of money. You don't have to spend a lot of money to be well-dressed. The thing of it is, is to understand color, understand color coordination, understand putting things together. Women understand that. Men don't. Most men don't.
1: Well, that that was the one thing you were able to help Look at, we, we, you know, we were in blue jeans, or I call it blue jeans, that's how old I am. Jeans, uh, you know, we learned when we'd go into your store, you would give us an education about the tie, the pocket, the whole thing, which made some sense. And, you know, I I hear what you said, that education still needs to be out there because, you know, I go to a funeral and I see people wearing sweatpants, to honest. Yes. This is really, and again, in professionalism, an accountant, attorney, uh, a financial planner, whatever it might be when you're dealing with the public, man, it really, there's a big difference between people, the way they look and how they do their work. We've talked about this too. We've talked about tailored clothing and why they're important to professional people who first have the dollars to spend. But tailored clothing, Clothing versus off the rack, Don. Tell, let's talk about that. Well, <clears throat> the uh,
2: <clears throat> off the rack clothing, you're buying uh, clothing. This, their storekeeper is buying clothing uh, to fit everyone. The to measure end of it is really geared for the way I've seen it over the years. It's geared for the man who's hard to fit. He has a big chest brought back, and he's got a small waist, or vice versa. Uh, that, they can't get fitted properly. The way the, the made-to-order, you could, be, you know, you cut it to the measurement. It's a really a great way to buy, and you're buying something that no one else has tried on. When you go into a store, you try on a jacket, you try on a suit. You don't know how many people tried that particular item on. Uh, and what you're buying is that something that, the uh, storekeeper has bought uh, that he's hoping to sell it. He's got inventory. He's got to sell the inventory. Made to measure, when you're buying made to measure, for example, there's no pressure relating to uh, buying, uh, buying inventory because you're creating the inventory. You're selling from a clip of cloth. You're selling from a, a uh, uh, an intangible, and you're making it tangible. Because most people, and the, it's really the art of visualization. Visualization, so it 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 comes out to the individual who's selling it, who's presenting it. So you could see, you get a feeling of what the finished product is going to look like. But uh, I've been an advocate of the made-to-measure uh, business only because of starting with limited capital. You didn't have, I didn't have money to build up a, a, an inventory. As time went on in my early career, I ended up with four stores, built up a an inventory second to none. It was the the store throughout Connecticut. People came from all over. I work. I've sold people from all walks of life, and uh, you know, again, learning all the time from people, but creating a look. And uh, again, I, I'm a great believer in uh, being different. Uh, you walk into a room, do you want to see yourself coming and going? Do you want to sit in the corner or do you want to stand out? So like I said, I've attracted, uh, the made to measure attracts people who are hard to fit, who want to be uh, different uh, and likes to, the there's this, design of the designing their own type of a uh, style and not spending a a lot of money. You can spend a lot of money. I mean, I've sold, you know, whatever the point of it is do what works best for you. If you get, but if you're buying off the rack, that's easy too because the off the rack is the easy way to go. you try to coat on. You say, geez, I like it, this and that I'll take it but be careful of buying on impulse or be careful of following the uh, young people, especially. They follow the athletes, they follow the uh, entertainers, they follow people uh, they're impressed by and they wanna look like them. And you know something, that's a mistake. Earn your way up the ladder, work your way up the ladder. Don't try to be something that you're not. Fashion comes and goes. Style is lasting. When you buy a good style, you'll you'll never it won't go out. It'll stay in your wardrobe.
1: You you have always been an advocate of your own personal style, right from the get go. I've always heard you say that, and you you've built these brands, but not your own brand. You your brand was to help people build their style so they felt good. Correct through the years, Don. You have been through relationships. You've been involved with so many things, and this young twenty-something-year-old guy starts it from nowhere and becomes the person that they everybody wants on the committee. We want God Camarada's input because you're very creative, and your relationship with people has been unbelievable, even to this day. So over the years, I kind of think you've created your own business savvy. Let's talk about what it takes to create business savvy and, well, and be good at it. Well, I
2: think the other thing that I've been blessed with is two things, high energy and vision. Vision is critical to recognize, like they said, to recognize something before it was born, to have that kind of vision. Uh, was was very instrumental for me. So I, I did, uh, I was always a step ahead of the pack, always uh, a little ahead of my time, good and bad, but I'd have to say more on the good side uh, because that's what gave me identity. Uh, again, I put myself, do. I did things that were difficult to do for me. And I think that's another key key ingredient most people do what they feel comfortable doing. I learned a long time ago, do the things that, that you're not comfortable with. Those are the things that could make you, could make you successful. Cause most people look for the uh, comfort zone. They want to stay in that comfort zone. They don't want to, they resist change. I'm a great believer in change. You have to, you have to change, but change slowly, not greatly, but, uh, change because life the clock is ticking on all of us time goes by things change so you have to be aware of that you have to be on top of it again being uh learning the hard way uh surrounding yourself with successful people look how others do it you know sometimes you get into a you get get into a rut you get in with your buddies and they they're all on the same wavelength Don't be afraid to step out of the pack. Step out, examine yourself, look at yourself, see where you're going. And you got to have the drive. You got to have the energy. You have drive. What do you want to be with? What do you want to do with your life? Uh, And I mean, someone told me a long time ago, which I never also never forgot, touch another human being in a positive way. You've done God's work. Most people take, you got to give. You give, you get it back. Is quid pro quo,
1: okay? Well, you've said a lot here, but not only have you said it, but I've experienced it with you. You uh, you took risks. You stepped out of the box. No money. Guess what I'm going to do? I saw a vision. And here now you have this beautiful store. You told me the story about the financing of the store because you ended up with a beautiful store, but you took risks. There was no guarantee that you're going to be able to pay these things, but you took the risk. You saw a vision. And, you know, Don, you brought up something really important uh, that I, I have seen in you. You are the number one giver. You put yourself out there to help people, and that that that's really been a great makeup and your relationship with other people. And people know that. So you're hitting well, on a lot of the things here. Well, it takes Tom. It takes nothing to put a
2: smile on somebody's face. Look around you today. There's a lot of angry people out there. Yeah. I mean, you you see a lot of people are not happy. They don't know where they're going. I mean, yes, we all have adversity. And I've had plenty of it in my life. I mean, I could go, that's a whole nother chapter in my, uh, my, my book of handling adversity, learning through mistakes, handling problems. Uh, it's... It, that's you know it's nothing comes easy and anything comes easy you know something built on a uh, a weak foundation build a found a strong foundation i've always said father in heaven send in the problems the more problems you handle the stronger you become you got to build a you got to build a strong base and uh there's so much there's there's so much out there and uh by, by smiling, being upbeat, attitude. Attitude is to me, if a person has a negative attitude, stay away from them. Be Surround yourself with people that have a positive attitude. Attitude is everything.
1: Yeah, excuse me one second. Let me shoot ch- ch- this, okay? Bear Go with you. Um, You know, uh, the obviously you've had such a, a breath of time Uh, of running businesses, learning, you know, sure, there's been stumbles and blocks, there's been successes. But through it all, you've built a tremendous reputation. And I know you're still very active now. Tell us about what you're doing now. Well, what I'm doing now
2: is that I still feel that I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish with my life. And that is, well, uh, you know, I'm doing, still doing the made to measure the clothing end of it by appointment. I work by appointment only. Uh, I do have clients that, as I said, that, uh, have been with me for years. You I never, never realizing people die off. So you have to constantly, uh, replace and add to your, uh, database. I'm doing that. I'm also involved. Uh, I I'm, I'm excited about getting involved with you, uh, which we're, seemed we're, we are on the same wavelength, and that is um, helping people, helping people, uh, sharing my life experiences with others. So maybe I can make something a little easier for somebody that they don't have to go through some of the uh, adversities that I've gone through in, in my life. But um, so I'm doing that. I'm also uh, involved with. Uh, which I enjoy at, at Quinnipiac University. I'm, ushering, I'm an usher at the hockey and basketball games, and I enjoy that because I'm around people. I'm the type of a guy who has to be with uh, people. You know, this COVID that we've gone through has taught me an awful lot. It was an opportunity, again, uh, through a negative time, an opportunity to reevaluate yourself, step out of yourself, look at yourself what have you done what are you doing where are you going uh pay attention to your loved ones life is is short um th- there's a lot going out going on out there motivate people tell people you know if again as i said the you know, old chinese proverb if you can't smile don't open the shop be around positive thinking people so what am i i'm doing that uh i've just taken uh, some space Um, in the uh, Hamden Chambers office where I have a little office there. And uh, if people want to come and talk to me and meet with me, uh, they they can do that. Uh, Again, as I said, I I work by appointment. Uh, I I like being around people. So I'm doing that. So I got to I'm working at every I got something going on. I'm the type of a guy also that I could say in my career, I've always had something to go forward with. Never, never stopping. OK, a lot of times you get beat up and you stop and you go, you, you go home and you put your uh, no, I say go forward every every day. Adversities don't stop. Keep going forward. Think, come up with new ideas. Don't be afraid of dreams. Dream, make You know, again, that's another story, but making dreams become a reality. I had a vision of developing the center of the town of Hamden. People thought I was crazy. It took me 10 years of my life, but I did it. I put together, I completed the whole center with IBM, uh, parking garages, different corporations, whatever. Again, a learning experience, a lot of ups and downs. It became a reality, was the big accomplishment. It didn't work out really financially for me, but it was a dream come true. I did it, and uh, I I felt good about that. something to look at and say, geez, it worked. Uh, But again, nothing comes easy. Never give up. Uh, I loved Winston Churchill. He had some great sayings. Success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's courage that counts, and that's so true. you got to always believe in yourself. Don't get down on yourself. You have a problem, there's, a, there's something else that's going to come your way.
1: Don, uh, Don, you had mentioned a project that we're involved with, and I just want to explain it because uh, uh, Chambers and Rotaries and Lions Club will be hearing more about this. But we have a number of people like Don who've had tremendous success, experience, stumbling blocks, the good, the bad, the ugly, got through it. And where we have a speakers bureau where these organizations can tap these people on demand, a video or whatever it might be. And Don's one of our speakers. And so I'm going to bring this up, Don, because we have to be closing here time-wise. But I'm going to make sure uh, on this webinar video that we have contact information where people can contact you whether it be to help them with their clothing needs, or, you know, uh, uh, doing some tailoring, whatever it might be, and also to contact you about a speaking engagement, because in this area, you have no problem speaking in person. And, of course, we know that Don likes to tell stories, right, Don? He, yes. Oh, I can go oh, on and on. Oh, he can go on and on. Um, so that's what Don was talking about. So look, uh, in the next couple of months, we're going to have quite a catalog of very good professionals helping. And we're trying to grow like Don has has, always teaches us. We're trying to help the people and the organizations that gave to us initially. The chambers and all these organizations are in trouble. They're losing memberships. They're not bringing in new people. COVID hit them hard. We want to help those organizations. So we want to add some value to what they're offering. Right, Don?
2: Yes, no question, Tom. I mean, it's ICO. you got it again. Creating excitement. You know the old story is, well, what 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 could you do for me? It's, it this has nothing for me. It's that's that's the a negative attitude. Says, there's always something you could do. Always something you could learn. Yes. And I think your program that you have is is going to be terrific with the speakers bureau. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I mean, I could, if they wanted to reach me. I don't know if you. Uh, you call me on my cell. I return the call. If I if I that if I miss it, I'll get right back to you. But uh I am available and uh yeah, look, again, helping people, pushing up people. That's the key. You gotta push up people, make them feel good about themselves.
1: And you have a good message about professionalism, uh discipline, uh looking looking the part being the part, it was a saying, you know, fake it till you make it. And and sometimes looking good is the faking till you make it. So, uh, hey, listen, I, my career, the first eight years I was broke, right? I, and, but I had to fake it, right? But we have to close Don and I'm gonna make sure all the contact information is available that people can contact you. And this program is not only in video, it will be on podcast uh on building and protecting your business worth podcast on all the platforms so uh don i anything before we leave you want to add well what i would
2: like to well on my phone my cell phone number which is 203 535 4288 that's 535 4288 uh, I can be reached at that at that number. I'm also uh, at the chamber, uh, Hamden Chamber office. I'll, I'll have my office there. They can they can reach me there as well. But uh, I am available for uh, talking, speaking, helping people look good, uh, spend their money wisely, and uh, and so forth.
1: I have one thing to ask you. Then we will end. But Don, if someone is really not sure how uh, you could help them uh, in their area of dress and style, uh, do you give away, do you give them a, a 50 minute consultation for free or what do you do?
2: Yeah, I would, I would, I would, you no know, question. I, I would do that. Uh, uh, I Again, I would give that free consultation uh, to get, to get started. If they want to take it further, you take it further. But there's a lot that I that I talk about, not only like you said, Tom, not only the clothing end of it, but also the business part of it, the uh, the uh, ups and downs, uh, the empowering of the entrepreneur, never losing the dream, fire in the gut. I mean, I go on and on attitude, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people, constantly learning. Uh, Again, I guess I said, I can go on and on and uh, it's all about people, others.
1: We're two Italians. I could keep talking. Our hands will be. Yes. But but listen, Don, I want to thank you so much for sharing. Uh, It's been a privilege knowing you as a friend for so many years. Uh, You've enhanced our lives greatly. So thank you very much.
2: You're welcome, Tom. Thank you.
1: Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Yes. Happy to, to all. Thank you.
1: Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at Inc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA, include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request For additional information, click the show notes.